Well, hello and welcome to the first SME SOS podcast from Southwest Business. Each month we'll be looking at an issue facing small and medium-sized business owners and managers and hopefully give you a bit of insight and advice. Today we're discussing parental leave. My name is Gavin Thompson and my experts today are Anna Pepler from the HR department in Bristol and Kerry Hunt from Thring's law firm. Now, new rules have recently been introduced which mean that uh, mums and dads can, can share parental leave, or what we would have called maternity leave, which is a big change for employers. Um, but Kerry, first of all, I, I wonder, is, is, is this an issue? Are the, is parental leave something that, that many employers get wrong? Do we see many, many companies ending up in the courts even on, on this? I think that probably where claims come really traditionally with maternity leave is when women feel that they've been treated to their detriment as a consequence of having taken maternity leave. Mm. So it's not surprising that sometimes women might try to come back to work and feel that they're not really welcome anymore, they've got out of step with their colleagues, and basically may feel that had they not been on maternity leave, they wouldn't be suffering in that way. So if there are claims, they probably fall at that end rather than before they're going on maternity leave. Right. So nowadays, most employers know that, for example, women have rights to go on maternity leave, they probably are aware that men have rights to paternity leave. Now they've just got to get their head around this new shared parental leave. Mm. And let's, I mean, let's start with, with the basics. Um, Anna, perhaps you can come in on this. What, what, what are the new rules? What, what are employees now entitled to? So shared parental leave um, is a policy that's been introduced to allow parents, whether they are um, perhaps mother and father or same-sex couple that might be adopting, to share the, um, the standard maternity of 52 weeks between them. And that might mean that they take leave at the same time. It might mean that um, perhaps the mother takes uh, six months leave and then transfers six months leave to her, to her partner. Um, it could be a variety of things. You can, you can have discontinuous leave requests where people can ask to take a month off, go back to work, then take another month off, which can be incredibly concerning to, to businesses, especially small businesses who have to obviously plan workflow and, and operations. Um, so it's a, it's a complicated policy um, that, that people do have quite large concerns about, I think. Mm. So what, what should uh, your typical sort of small business owner be, be doing? Uh, should they be doing something now? Should they be waiting until someone says, I, I want to take parental leave? I think... What a lot of people are doing is that they are waiting. Um, I don't think that's the right approach. I think that they should be planning for requests. Um, I don't think that there will be a huge influx. We certainly um, haven't seen that yet. Um, but there will be requests and I think people need to be prepared for how they manage those because it is a complicated policy. Um, they need to have uh, a written policy in place. Um, they need to have time scales for how they will manage things, so notice requests, um, how they're going to respond, how they're going to liaise with perhaps the other employer of the partner so that they can determine who's taking what leave, what pay each partner is getting. Um, if they can get that policy in place now um, with the parameters on, on how they're going to work within that, at least when they get a request, um, they, they know what obviously they, they need to do. Mm. And you mentioned in there uh, uh, having a policy. 
Um, I mean, Kerry, is, is there a legal requirement? Do, do companies have to have a, a written procedure in place on this? They don't necessarily have to have a written procedure, but I'd agree with Anna that having a policy in place, at least having thought about it so that the first time somebody knocks on your door and says, by the way, my wife, partner is having a baby and I'd like to take some shared parental leave, you don't just look at them blankly. Mm -hmm. um, you don't say, well, I don't know what that means and I'll have to go and look it up. You can actually say, right, that's fine. Well, you know, this is, this is how it works. And at least... Even if it's only the bare bones, I would say that if you try to cover everything in the rules, in your policy, nobody will ever get to the end of it because it's far too <laughs> detailed and laborious. But having something, even if it's only to more or less you know, give the bare bones of, you are entitled to request this, you will have to give us mm. various notices. And if you want to request, talk to us in the first instance and then maybe setting out a little bit of the parameters. It's, it's probably a good idea. Yeah. I think one of the things I would say is the simplest way to deal with it, perhaps even than writing a policy, is to create a form so that actually you can capture all the information you need from them on that one form and then you can ask all the right questions about you know, where does other, other half work and who's their employer and when's the baby due and has any maternity leave been taken mm. yet, etc, etc. Because that is the difficulty um, here. It sounds simple in principle can share up to 50 weeks of, of uh, parental leave but in in the detail there are some little sort of tricky bits in there so um, so having something at least that you can put in front of an employee if they make a request is sensible and, and I guess I mean that that confusion almost is, is one of the problems because although maternity leave is, is something that lots of small businesses struggle with at least it's relatively straightforward in that you know who it's going to affect and you might have some idea how, how long but with this you, you they can sort of swap it around so who, how is, is the onus on the employee to inform the employer of their intentions is there a notice period you know how do they have to do that yes um, certainly you would always have at least eight weeks notice so that's the good thing and depending on whether it's mum or dad who's in your workforce um, obviously, if it's mum, then she'll probably have told you that she's pregnant. Mm. She probably will at least have started off on maternity leave. If it's dad, you may know that his you know, partner has had a baby, but he may not have approached you yet to say, by the way, I would like to take some parental leave. Now, mum has to actually bring her maternity leave to an end, or at least say, I am going to bring my maternity leave to an end, in order to trigger that in, trigger that entitlement for either of them to take the shared parental leave. So there are, again, in the detail, it's, um, it's a little bit complicated, but there are at least three different notices they can submit mm. to say maternity leave's coming to an end, I intend to take some shared parental leave, actually now this is the shared parental leave I would like. And again, that's why I would say have a form, have a conversation, and try to get your employees to be as upfront as they possibly can be um, so that you can sort of more or less understand what is going to happen over that year. I hate to sort of throw a spanner in the works, but there, there are some circumstances where they might be able to cancel or withdraw their leave or give you a, a serve another notice and change it. So you're not necessarily sort of completely off the hook, but at least you will hopefully have a good idea of broadly what's what's going to be happening over that year. And, and legally, as an employer, uh, are you obliged to, to, to give them that leave? Is that a, a legal obligation on your part to let them take 
It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's mum or dad and they've ticked all the right boxes and they've and brought the maternity leave to an end, etc. If they want a continuous period of shared parental leave, then there is no debate about it. They are entitled to take that leave. Um, Anna mentioned earlier discontinuous leave. So if they want to chop and change quite a lot, month on, month off, even week on, week mm. off, then an employer doesn't have to agree to that. Um, being the lawyer, I would again say, well, it poses some interesting questions as to whether if they make a request for three blocks of leave, does that suddenly become discontinuous mm. leave? So again, there are, there are maybe some little tricks, but in reality, most parents are not going to want to chop and change, you would imagine. Um, they also appreciate that that's difficult in the workplace. And I think, again, you have to remember that sometimes it feels like employers and employees clash over things like maternity leave or shared leave, and it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Um, a bit of give and take on both sides, and hopefully, actually, any employee who wants to take some leave but equally wants to come back to work and then carry on with their career um, is, is not going to be difficult for the sake of it. They are going to work with their employer and actually find an arrangement, hopefully, that suits both. Mm. And um, Anna, from an employer's point of view then, what they've, they've perhaps got the, the policy in place that we talked about. Um, when someone comes to them and says, I'm going to take, you know, I want to take this, or I'm thinking of taking this. Well, what's, what are they, is there a sort of set thing they have to do? Uh, do they have to get payroll involved, for example? What, what did, what's involved? Well, I mean, certainly, um, as Kerry said, one of the first things that, that you would go through is to get all of the information, and a form is a great way to do that. So you're, um, you're going to be having a conversation with your employee about um, when they're due, um, if it's the mother, certainly, if they're adopting, and, and perhaps it might be a same-sex couple, what the, um, the date of placement is. Um, so that you can then plan from there. So there, there is a legal requirement with, a, with maternity um, that they take two weeks um, after they give birth if they're in a, an office environment. If they work in a factory, it's four weeks. Shared parental leave can only kick in after that period of time. Um, so you're going to be looking at those factors. How long are they looking to take off? Um, what their intentions are around pay? Um, because Again, if, if they share the leave with their partner, um, it might be that their partner takes most of the pay and that they have some of their leave unpaid. Um, and then from there, then yes, you should be confirming everything in writing with the notice requirements to change because, as Kerry says, um, they have the right to perhaps um, withdraw their um, application for shared parental leave. They might decide, actually, no, I just want to stay in maternity. Um, it might be that they want to change the date in which they transfer it. It might be that they, they want to come back to work much earlier. I mean, people's circumstances change in their personal life. Um, and so having that confirmation in writing so that you all know what you're working towards and what notice as an employer you need to receive to change that is really, really important so that you can plan. Um, and then, yes, you're going to be getting payroll involved so that they know um, what they're paying, uh, at what points because the obviously if you're on maternity leave you get six weeks at, at 90 percent of your pay for for statutory maternity pay then for the following 33 weeks you get the smp rate now some companies will have um, a company maternity pay policy some people are transferring that to shared parental leave some people aren't they're just staying with the statutory pay for shared parental leave which is the same rate as, as maternity and adoption 
So payroll need to be informed so that they are making the right payments, the eligibility is checked, etc. Um, and the employee obviously will want to know what they're receiving throughout that period of time. And on, on pay, real basics here. If, if you're an employer, your employee is, is taking leave, maternity or parental, who, who's footing the bill for that? You know, we talk about statutory pay and so on. Who's paying that? Is that the employer? It really depends on, on who the employer is, um, the, the size of company, um, and also the amount of um, employers and I that they pay. So some, some smaller businesses can actually reclaim 103%. Um, some larger businesses can't, can't reclaim anything. So they would need to speak to their accountant, their finance department, to, to work out kind of where, um, obviously, that, that level lies for them. Mm. But generally speaking, the smaller end is going to be able to recoup more of that than, than yes. the bigger end. Yeah, there is, um, they can recoup 100% of the, the statutory maternity pay, um, parental um, leave pay cost. And there is a, some people are fortunate enough to get a 3% administration um, sort of payment as mm. well. Um, but I, I have to say in my experience that the majority don't get that. Um, you have to be pretty small. Um, the majority um, will get a smaller percentage or, or nothing at all. Mm. And, and when it comes to uh, shared parental leave, is that, does that, is the pay apply the same? Do you get, you know, statutory amounts and everything are the same? Yes, yeah, same level. Okay. Um, and moving um, moving on from from pay you talked about um, getting things in writing and, and things like that communication I guess is pretty important throughout any parental leave or maternity um, situation so is it is it advisable to be in regular contact with your employees because I know lots of people say um, well you know when are they coming back I don't know we're not, we're not allowed to ask so what, where do they stand on that? It's, it's certainly something I would ask. Um, I mean, you need to be able to plan as a business when that person is coming back so that you can arrange for perhaps um, temporary work um, and also knowing about um, obviously where their return date is, um, have things changed, you want to keep them informed, and perhaps there might be training that they need to go on. Um, from, from an employee's perspective, um, taking a year off or even six months is a long time um, and businesses change. Certainly um, in, in current times, um, things can, can be dramatically changed within that time period. So they don't want to be isolated, they want to feel part of it. So with maternity leave, you have keeping in touch days. Uh, with shared parental leave, you also have what they call split days, which is shared parental um, keeping in touch days. Um, and there are 20 of those for, for shared parental leave. And, and the employer can ask the employee to come in to get involved. Um, maybe there might be team working days, maybe it might be, um, maybe it might be training, even if it's social events um, or just popping in. Um, it's, it's really important to, to have that engagement. From an employer's perspective, I think to keep those communication channels open is, is important for knowing what that employee is planning to do when they return because a large proportion of, of people um, request maybe flexible working, um, maybe as we talked about changing their return date, mm -hmm. um, people also want to know sort of what their entitlement is for holiday that they've been accruing whilst they're off. Um, so actually for the employer to be able to plan and know what the employee's intentions are when they return, um, to even talk about it, um, is, is, is key for them to be able to manage obviously that, that work and, and customers if, if that's kind of the business they're yeah. in. 
just to add mm. to that, um, although you say there is a bit of a myth and often employers feel like they shouldn't contact their employee when they're, they're on maternity leave because they feel as though they're, you know, treading somewhere where they shouldn't, they should leave them, they're off, you know, they're not meant to put them under pressure. But actually, you can almost run into trouble if, as Anna says, you don't keep in touch because if somebody's away on maternity leave or now share parental leave and you completely forget about them, so some promotion comes along, mm. um, you don't actually write to them to let them know that that promotion has come along. By the time they come back to work, they realise that, you know, Fred in accounts got promoted and they were never given the opportunity to go for that role. That's where you start to run into those tricky issues, I mm. said, that often do arise. Perhaps not so much about when people go on to maternity leave, but if they miss out on opportunities whilst they're away, or when they come back, they feel like they've missed out on opportunities. Yeah. So it's almost a positive incentive to keep in touch to make sure that you don't, you know, you don't completely forget about people who happen not to be in the office at the moment. And you were saying earlier, Kerry, that that often when it does go wrong, it's at that that side of things. Is is there a, a putting you on the spot? But are there, are there any examples you can think of or? sort of illustrations of, of where companies have got it wrong, not naming names. Yes, I mean, I think you see, you tend to see, um, sadly, um, lots of examples. It might, for example, be something like a promotion. So somebody was off and, and a promotion happened and they come back and suddenly there's been a bit of a restructure and people have moved round and they didn't get that opportunity. Mm or perhaps there was a reorganisation of roles and functions and again suddenly, for example, a salesperson who covered a certain patch, they come back and realise that actually the regions have been tweaked slightly and now they feel like their patch isn't quite the good patch it used to be and so they're not going to earn as much money and again that happened whilst they were away on maternity leave. And had they been in the workplace, um, they might have been consulted about those things or they'd have had a chance to input to those decisions. So that's where you can trip up. I mean, the, the extreme example, of course, is that, you know, somebody simply isn't given their old job back. Mm. Um, there is, on the face of it, um, if you're on maternity leave, there's a slight distinction between on being on ordinary maternity leave, having a right to go back to your old job. If you come back after additional maternity leave, which means you've taken the full year, and it's not reasonably practicable, wonderful legal phrase, to go back to your old job, then yes, an employer should still look to offer a suitable alternative. Sometimes employers think that they've got a bit more leeway, that means, if somebody's off for a year, but really they haven't. If the old job is still there, then that employee should be going back into their old job. It's only if there is genuinely some reason why they can't go back into that old job that there has been a restructure, so it's changed too, too significantly for that mm. old job to be there. But, um, but yes, those are the sort of tricky areas, really, where you have to be careful. And frankly, if you don't let somebody come back to their old job and they decide, well, that's it, I think that you've discriminated against me or I'm off now, then you are going to face claims. So, mm. And I think probably for shared parental leave, that's where... I would imagine that employers who are used to having maternity leave requests because they have you know, a, a sort of male and female workforce or even predominantly female workforce are not really going to struggle with this. Employers who've perhaps had a predominantly male workforce where they're not so comfortable or don't quite get all the ins and outs of it aren't quite used to planning around those periods of leave. I think they're the ones who are perhaps going to struggle a little bit more if they suddenly have lots of that male workforce stepping forward to say, I think 
I'm going to try some of this new shared parental leave. And mm. they may feel like they can say, well, we can't do that, and they're going to turn down that request. But it may be a request, but actually you don't really have an option other than to say, oh, how wonderful, congratulations, and enjoy your time at home. And, and some of the practical issues around parental leave of any, of any kind, uh, some of the sort of basic things, um, Anna, if, if someone has a company phone or a company car, do they get to keep it? Do you get to take it back and give it to the person who's standing in for them? Um, so any employee who takes um, maternity, adoption, leave, etc., um, are entitled to their um, non-cash, their, their non-remuneration benefits. So if they have, um, maybe they're in a contributory pension scheme, um, they obviously have their holidays, perhaps they have um, a car or a phone, they're entitled to keep that because it's non-remuneration. Um, if they obviously receive um, perhaps a bonus um, whilst they're working, that's slightly different. If it's performance-based um, rather than company performance-based, then obviously as they're not working, they, they may not be entitled to it, um, so that's not as clear-cut. Mm. Um, but as far as things like um, company cars and, and pension and holiday, um, they, are, they are entitled to have that throughout the whole period of leave, um, and that will apply to both partners, um, depending on which policy of leave they, they take. And, and holidays an interesting one, because I think people are sometimes surprised when someone who's been on, on leave mm. comes back and takes three weeks holiday but but you you accrue holiday throughout your you do movie. yeah you accrue your, your your statutory holiday entitlement um i think i mean the working time directive which is what holiday is part of is a, is a different policy it's a different regulation um and it is defined as a rest break from work um and technically if you are on maternity leave you are not having a rest break from work um the same as for example sickness so um, so you accrue it throughout your period of leave. Um, and what we certainly advise um, small businesses is that they have a conversation with their employees about tagging that holiday onto the beginning or the end. Um, because we have seen it time and time again where somebody might take maternity for a year, um, they request flexible working, um, it's agreed perhaps for three days a week and they were working full time. And they might have 28 days holiday and they're now working a three-day week. That's a lot of holiday to take. Mm. Um, the other thing with holiday is that um, it, it can be carried forward to the next holiday year. It is one of the exceptions um, to the rules. So if their maternity covers two holiday years and they've got all of last year's, they're then going to have two years worth of holiday entitlement to take um, in that current holiday year. And that's a lot of time off work when they've been off for so long and, and, and can be quite disruptive. So planning that in at the, the beginning or the end of the leave can make a big difference. And minimising the disruption yeah. by having it as a continuous For absence. both of them, yeah. not just for the employers, but for the employees as well, because they want to get back into work and they want to feel part of the team and, and do a good job. Um, and, and you've got to be there for that. Mm. And these, these new rules on the shared parental leave have sort of just come into force. Um, do I mean either of you think that there will be much interest? Is this is is this it's uncharted territory? I suppose, but is there it, any indications? It's slightly uncharted. Um, some people are looking at the old rules. They weren't with us for very long um, in relation to additional paternity leave to see whether there's any indication there. And in fact, there was very low take up of that. That was essentially where 
um, after the first 22 weeks of maternity leave, then mum could in fact sort of go back to work and then sort of transfer her maternity leave to dad. So he was then taking what was called additional paternity leave. Um, but there was a very low take-up. I think there was a TUC um, survey of some of their members and the take-up was something less than 1%, so pretty low. Now, you might look at that and think, well, on that basis, there's going to be pretty low take-up of, of this. There are certainly going to be lots of dads deciding to take it. But I think it's an interesting interesting times we live in, shall we say. It's not really that unusual to hear about and to see um, you know, more dads um, at the school gates, um, more women who are the higher earner within a, within a couple. Um, and again, by and large, I think an awful lot of this does come down to finances. If you've got dad working for a big company who decide to offer enhanced um, shared parental leave pay, to mums and dads in their workforce because they offer enhanced maternity pay, then you might sit down as a couple and say, well, actually, it makes sense for me to go back to work and you to take the time off because you're going to still have a, an income, a, mm -hmm. you know, and a decent um, enhanced contractual pay income. So it's all individual circumstances, of course, but I do think that there is a bit more of a move you can see to, to more men taking time off um, or, as I say, perhaps mum being the higher earner and, and it coming down to family economics. I think the other thing as well is that it's, it's something we haven't seen before where partners can take leave together. So when we had additional paternity leave, um, the, the mother had to go back to work for the father to be able to take that leave. Now with shared parental leave, both partners, whether obviously giving birth or adopting, can actually take part of that leave together. Um, and I, I think that's, as Kay said, I think it's really interesting um, and interesting times to see whether people will see that as a real benefit for their family um, and their obviously their personal life to, to take that, um, spend some time together um, at home with obviously their, their new child. And, and I suppose if it also changes the uh, politically, I guess, changes the, the sort of balance a little bit in, in perhaps helping break some of the stigmas and stereotypes around you can't, you, if you are a not very forward thinking employer, you can no longer think, oh, well, you know, that woman that I might employ might go off on a year's maternity leave and how will I cope with that? Because actually, any of your, any of your employers employees could be taking that time off. So do we think, do you think we'll see any, will it help to sort of break any glass ceilings or, or sort of bridge any gender pay gaps in the long run? I think in time it may well do, I would agree with you. Um, I think these, these things do take time to change. Um, you may see a sort of cultural shift over the next decade or even 20 years. I mean, when I first came into law, women took 14 weeks maternity um, leave. It's unthinkable now that women would only take 14 weeks, pretty much. Most employers, forward-thinking or not, realise and appreciate that a woman is likely to take at least six months, if not a year, of maternity leave. So, so you know, in 20 years, that shift has happened. Um, and who knows, in another 20 years, the shift could happen again. One thing that the coalition government um, did just before they sort of broke for the election and so on, and when share parental leave came in, um, civil servants, for example, they are going to get the same enhanced pay for share parental leave as currently exists for maternity leave. I 
think that's one of the biggest factors. Um, it often may well be that it's the public sector that sometimes leads the way on those sorts of employment rights. But I mean, where you see one of the partners who's got access to enhanced pay um, if they're on leave, then I think that probably starts to lead the way. And as you say, it becomes more of a norm then. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, I mean, I think that, that seems like a good place to, to leave things. So um, thank you uh, very much to um, uh, Kerry Hunt from Thrings Law Firm and, and Anna Pepler from the HR department. Uh, my name is Gavin Thompson and uh, we'll hear from you, or you'll hear from us next time. <laughs>